So we'll go ahead and we'll roll into the presentation right now. Um, so like I said earlier, this is one where Scott was meeting with Julie talking about this idea of what happens if you can't go through the eviction process. Um, so I think it's a really good conversation for you guys to hear today. Be taking some notes as we go because we'll have a Q&A at the back end of it. Uh, but Kenneth, we'll go ahead and queue that up and we'll roll right into it. Hi, everyone, and welcome uh, to today's show. I'm so excited to be able to talk to you not just about real estate investing today, but also what are active businesses that are related to real estate investing. Uh, because the more active businesses that I got going, guess what? That's more cash we have. The more cash we have, the more properties we can buy. So this game is all built around cash we can put in place. Of course, I'm Scott Royal Smith. I'm the owner of Royal Legal Solutions, uh, your one-stop shop for everything, asset protection, tax, uh, estate planning. Uh, and now, I guess, we're venturing into the world of, of business ownership here with uh, one of our members, uh, Julie, uh, who's joined us here today. Uh, Julie's going to tell us a little bit about her investing uh, experience uh, so far, so we can all get a good uh, feel uh, for what Julie's journey has been. Uh, and then we're going to dive into a little bit about an area that Julie specializes in, which is how to make money regarding judgments from lawsuits, which are, hey, you go through the lawsuit, you win a judgment, the judgment's just a piece of paper. How do you take that piece of paper and actually go out there and get assets, get money from that? And Julie's turned a business around that. So Julie, thank you so much uh, for joining us here today. It's always a pleasure to be able to have an actual member from our community uh, to come on to the show to be able to talk a little bit about what are going to be the, the things that have been really powerful for you. So um, tell us, Julie, just kicking off here, give us a feel for what your experience has been um, in real estate uh, investing. And, and you know, let's just start with like, how did you get into it initially? Well, thank you, Scott. And I'm so excited to share my stories with your group. I started as a real estate investor just by owning my own home. And then I bought a second one and I bought another one. So pretty much I am a landlord. Uh, I own single families. And at the same time, I want to expand my portfolio. So I'm constantly learning what other areas can I invest? Maybe multifamilies, uh, syndication, maybe real estate notes and all other ways of investing. At the same time, I have a small portfolio of stocks. Uh, so I think as an investor, we always want to look at different asset classes uh, to see which one is going to be the next strong bull market. And you want your assets to be appreciating. For example, if you are holding a lot of cash, that becomes a depreciation asset, especially in uh, an inflationary environment. So if as an investor, you are thinking, oh, I diversify my portfolio with properties in California and Texas and all over the country, you're not really diversifying because you are still focused in real estate. So I think people, if you are really thinking of investing as a career, we need to look at different ways to grow our wealth and maybe also at the same time have an active business while you are still young to create multiple income streams. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think one of the one of the things that I've seen over and over again for people is that you need to have both an active income component to your wealth and a passive component. Your passive components, you want those highly diversified because that's your foundation. That's like the part that of your life that keeps going up and to the right. And the most successful people I've seen uh, that are the happiest right? Mm -hmm. Not just the richest, but the happiest while they're doing it um, are the ones that uh, look at a, a portfolio that is uh, strong, uh, that's diversified, and, and then they live their lifestyle as much as possible to what is the passive income from their assets. And then they're constantly taking active income from another business to raise their lifestyle by investing it more into those assets. And what I love about what you're doing, Julie, is that you're thinking about um, not just what are different types of assets, like, hey, maybe I want to get into notes, right? Uh, yeah. But you've also found a way uh, in your business to create uh, an active component that's almost in some ways, it's a little bit like the mentality of a flipper right uh, of like a typical uh so for people that have that type of mindset but without all of the work that would come with actually flipping a piece of real estate um so i was right. wondering if you could share with us a little bit about um the business that you do and how does that how does that jive with your mentality around diversification as well as uh creating like uh, create an active income component to your investing sure i have an active business in judgment enforcement and this is a very interesting business well i i'm gonna start with explaining what is a judgment a judgment is a court order that's a decision from a lawsuit so for example you and somebody get into a business contract and there is a dispute between two of you and then you go ahead sue the other person and then there is a court hearing scheduled both of you go to the trial and you argue about your case and the judge says okay plaintiff you win the case and a judgment is going to be entered for maybe ten thousand dollars against the defendant now you have a judgment against the defendant that means the defendant owes you ten thousand dollars without a judgment there could also be money owed however without a judgment you don't have much legal tools with a judgment entered the creditor or the plaintiff who one the case has legal tools for example garnishment of the wage you can do a bank levy against their bank account you can wrap them for a debtor's exam and bring them to the court so you have a lot of ways to get your money and then this is where i come from because a lot of people they won the case but they have no way or no knowledge about how to collect the debt and then i as a judgment enforcer uh, i can help them to enforce the business uh enforce the judgment and then at the same time i get paid beautiful and i'm wondering that too so so uh, with with that is how does that relate directly towards people that would be like people of our community right so one of, one of the things that i've heard as part of our community says hey listen um we're having issues right now with 
uh, people of, of evictions. Uh, we can't evict the people, right? We're running into problems with that. Yeah. Um, and so, well, and the, and the belief is we can't do anything because we can't evict them. When we actually know that it's a little different, right? Is about right. saying, well, you actually could sue them for breach of contract because they're right. still in breach right. of the lease. Uh, right. And but you end up getting like a judgment, and I think yes. that's where everybody stops because they're like, well, what am I going to do? At that Absolutely. point, if I do do that, because I have to yeah. maybe I have to hire an attorney to go get this get this judgment. Uh, but yeah. then after that, that attorney is going to tell you, I don't know what you have to do to enforce it. That's somebody else. Right. And I think yeah. that somebody right. else is Julie. Is that right? <laughs> yes. For example, I am a landlord myself. If my tenant stopped paying me, what are my options? Right. A lot of landlords are saying, oh, cash for key. So your tenants owe you money and you as a landlord have to give them money and beg them to give your property back. That's not the option I want because I'm running a business. If they owe me, I can't go to the small claim and I sue them for the money they owe me. And I don't have to evict them. I don't have to throw them on the street because that's a government uh, they don't want to see they don't want the tenant to be on the street but they're not saying they don't owe you so talk, talk us just a little bit about that julie for anybody uh, about small claims because i think a lot of people when they hear like court proceedings they're immediately thinking like oh i gotta spend a thousand i gotta go find an attorney then i gotta spend thousands of dollars like on this attorney right trying to go through that um, what has your experience been in small claims that's like the easy, efficient way that we should be thinking as, uh, you know, just typical uh, real estate investors of how small claims courts um, can be used efficiently and effectively in a cost effective way uh, uh, for us? Okay, uh, first of all, I want to get my disclaimer out. I'm not an attorney and I'm not giving legal advices. I'm just talking about my own experience and what I would do if I have those kind of issues, right? So if tenants owe me money, instead of eviction, what else can you do? Well, you can go to small claims to sue them for the rent they owe you. And in small claim court, most of the cases there are not there are no attorneys involved because it's under ten thousand dollars and um, most people feel like it's not really worth of the money um to hire an attorney because that's gonna get expensive so in small claim you can represent yourself and you file a claim for maybe $150 and then there's a hearing to be set. You serve the defendant, uh, tell them that there is a hearing scheduled and you go to the court and you can present your own case and the judge will be reasonable and they will hear your case and they will maybe hear both arguments from both sides and a decision will be made. So most of the cases, if they do owe you money, there will be a judgment entered against your tenant saying that they owe you money. And after you get the judgment, what can you do? Well, as a landlord, do you know their bank account? Where they bank? Do you have their employment history? And you know where their employers are? Well, then you can do bank levy or wage garnishment. 
And the other thing is because your tenants are still in your property, you can serve them successfully because um, to serve the defendant is a very important legal procedure. If you cannot serve them, then the court does not have any jurisdiction on the defendant. So while they are still living in your property, you can have them served uh, legally and then you have all the legal tools to get your money back. And maybe for the time being, they have financial difficulty. You can wait. A judgment is accruing interest at 10% a year. So that's like a debt um, with 10% it's like a, interest. It's almost like a note, right? If you it think about it as like a note. Yes. It's like, hey, they owe yeah. you this debt. It's going to accrue at 10%. Yes. Uh, and then I can collect on that debt um, at any time. Right. Yeah. I just want to recap for everybody real quick, just to make sure we're all on the same page here, Julie, with you. So what I hear, what, what I hear you saying, Julie, is say, hey, listen, when you come into a problem that has like a tenant that you can't uh, evict, right? Or for some other reason, you also want to sue them to get uh, the the money that they owe you for the property. You can file that claim in small claims court. It'll usually cost about one hundred and fifty dollars or so to file that claim. You don't need an attorney. Anybody representing you or you yourself, like a property manager, right, could go into that court because they would be your agent representing the property. They could go into that court and say, hey, listen, these are the people that owe us money. Um, here too, you can see that this is our lease agreement. You can see they haven't paid it, right? So this is really clear cut for the judge that they owe us this amount of money. And here's all the penalties that are associated with them not paying us um, up to date here. Everybody says, yeah, no arguing about that. Great, judge waxes gavel there on the table and says, right. good, all right, Julie, you won the lawsuit. You now have a judgment for $7,000. And that yes. judgment's going to accrue at 10% interest. So right. now that you sit with the, the judgment, you can say, great. Now, what can I do with that? I could go to their bank with the judgment and say, hey, bank, I now have this judgment and I can, I'm entitled to be able to seize the funds that they have in their bank account. Or I can go to their employer uh, from whenever they signed the lease with you, they gave me their employment information. I can go to their employer and be like, hey, listen, this is wage, the wage garnishment um, uh, wage garnishment uh, that, that can happen there. And that it, we're in an exceptionally good position to be able to increase our leverage while they're actually living with inside of our place because we can make sure the lawsuit's going to be successful because we know where they're at so we can serve them the lawsuit, which is giving notice. Um, and if they don't show up to the hearing or they do show up to the hearing, it doesn't really matter to us because ultimately we're going to end up with the judgment. And That's the judgment right. is what we're going to then take to their bank or to their employ employer. And then, so let's say we, we have uh, somebody goes through all of those steps. Now, actually knowing how to take it to the bank and who to talk to and what you need to say, either for the, the, the garnishment of the wages or at the bank itself, um, is that where somebody would... Um, need um, some type of additional level of expert uh, guidance on it from, from you or from somebody else? Or what do you think people could or should be doing at that point? Well, every state has different regulations in terms of how the court works and the um, legal process. So everybody who wants to enforce their own judgment really need to learn about the law and and then get familiar with the court procedure uh, that's not uh, like you just go in and do whatever you have to follow the law and then 
I enforce judgments in California. So if anybody has California judgments, uh, we can talk and I can help them. If you are in other states, I believe there are other people in this business uh, to enforce judgment. You can either get their help or you can learn how to do it yourself because this is where I started. I am an investor and I want to have the law on my side. How do I have the laws on my side? I have to learn and to be literate. It's like um, people who are investing, they want to be financially literate. You, you want to learn how the money works, right? Compound interest and all that stuff. If you're in the business of investment, you will get into lawsuit. Either you sue other people or you get sued. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of one. So you better learn it early and, and know what you are doing and know um, what are your legal rights as a landlord and what you can do, what you cannot do as a landlord. You don't want to um, breach the law. And if your tenants uh, know more about the law than you, you are not in a good position. That's right. Yeah, the law can give you leverage to get more mm -hmm. of what you want. And it's the right thing to do. I mean, that's why the laws exist the way they are. Right. So that way you can actually do that, right? Um, so uh, I hear you, Julian, saying, well, every every case is going to be a little bit different, right? Depending upon like the county that you live in and the state that yeah. you live in, how are yeah. the how are the particulars actually going to function? Um, mm -hmm. But if I hear you right saying, well, everybody should be learning about this possibility uh, yeah. because, you know, going through the small claims is not expensive. It's not um, time consuming. It's mm -hmm. informal. So it's just yeah. in front of a judge just talking like normal right. people. There's no extra lawyering that goes on um, with any of that. And that maybe there's, um, and those pieces, in my estimation, th those pieces have always been something that I found to be exceptionally easy. Mm -hmm. um, that the, the staff at those courts almost walk, hold your hand and walk you through how to do it because right. it's made for the general public, right? Which right. is, hey, if you're inside of this group, you're not the general public. You're the most sophisticated of the general public. So if the general public can do it, then you can definitely do it, right? Yes. And and the where we might run into the wrinkle here is where everybody might want to reach out to you, Julie, is around, mm -hmm. well, great. Well, how do I learn more or who do I have as support to help me figure out what do I need to do with the judgments? Because maybe I got properties in like four or five different states. How do I research right. that appropriately? Um, so I was just curious, Julie, with, with coming on the show, and thank you so much for, for taking the time today and, and also for being a, a resource here for the community. Um, who are the, the people that you would feel um, that would be best to connect with you and, and what kinds of um, situations, what types of conversations are you looking to have with people that are looking to connect with you? I think it's great, Scott, that we have a community and then we are having those kind of discussions within the group because if people are in different states and they want to learn this, we can discuss and see what are the resources available uh, because with a small claim, there are lots of resources online from your local court, from your local library, and they provide uh, consumer um, help um, if you if people owe you or you get into small claim. 
Um, and also as a group, we can brainstorm to find out ways creatively how to protect ourselves. Um, and then um, we're not always gonna be the person to sue other people. Sometimes we get sued too, your tenant could sue you. So what are the ways you can protect yourself, right? Um, instead of every time you're just thinking, oh, I'll just go uh, give them money, cash for key. How much money can you give out when you uh, have those uh, kind of crisis when it comes to lawsuit, right? Yeah. Um, then that's that comes your your expert. Um, it's um, protection, asset protection. Yeah, I think that's right. I think we at Royal Legal Solutions, right, we're really focused on the defensive end of it, which is mm -hmm. what I really love having this conversation with you is I don't get to have many conversations about the offensive end and how does mm -hmm. that play out. Yeah. Um, I was wondering, Julie, in, in a lot of the lawsuits, uh, when I was really active on the offensive end of litigation, uh, we'd end up with lawsuits for, say, like, you know, $5 million as a judgment that we would win, right? Um, and then typically what our clients would turn around saying, well, instead of trying to enforce this all ourselves, what we're going to do is actually sell that debt to somebody else and let them go enforce it. Is that also something that you see is uh, possible inside with these types of judgments or is the market for like reselling those debts not really exist? There is a market for this type of business. So any debt, you can resell it. It's just a matter of price. And thinking of a judgment, it's very similar to a non-performing debt, right? It's a debt somebody owes and it's just temporarily non-performing if they don't pay you. And a judgment is good for 10 years and you can renew it for another 10 years. So you have the time on your side, you have 20 years to enforce the judgment. Um, and then for me, who are active in the judgment business, I could purchase a judgment at a very deep discount. And the best thing is I don't even pay that debt upfront. I will pay the, the plaintiff if I'm successful enforcing the judgment. If I'm not successful, I don't have to pay. So in that case, it's even better than the real estate note because it's contingent on the note being performing. So in that way, I will have a way of making income with very little risk because I don't outlay the money before the note start performing. Wow. So it might be one of these situations I'm just thinking of, of like, how could this be, you know, how is this immediately actionable maybe to some of the people here? It says like, hey, listen, maybe you have, maybe you have tenants in here that are saying, hey, listen, they would be really good for me to sue to be able to get these judgments on. Use that leverage right. to be able to get money from the lawsuit. You right. could try to then collect that money on your own from mm -hmm. some of the consumer sources that you have there. Remember, Julie just highlighted for us that you know where they work and you know where their bank accounts are at, like where you've been getting those checks from in the past. Yeah. Um, and so like you probably have a really good avenue of collecting that on that debt um, yourself. Mm -hmm. But you might be like, hey, I don't want to do that. Like, I, mm -hmm. I, I don't mind doing the lawsuit piece of it, but then when I have to go do all the extra work, I got into this business because I wanted it to be passive. I don't want to be doing all this extra things. Well, that might be a great opportunity to talk with Julie and say like, hey, listen, is there an opportunity here 
for you to go take those steps or somebody in your network to take those steps and then all share in it as you're successful. And Julie might say, that's awesome because those debts are easy for me to collect because if you already know where their banking or their employment is or the other history right. there, right you know maybe julie or one of her colleagues would be able to know like hey this is how we could actually take it on for you so you right. can take that stagnant debt that you would have from the person and actually turn that into some cash to make sure that you're having the cash you need to be able to operate your business and and, and stay afloat um with that so yeah. that was just one of the things that came to my mind julie is that does Absolutely. that sound like an, an opportunity that people might be able to have to work with you absolutely it becomes a win-win situation so that as a landlord, you don't have to lose money uh, on the unpaid rent. It's the money they owe you. And it can become a judgment that's accruing 10% interest. And you can just sit on it because people's situation change. The tenants could maybe one day get married and they want to buy a house with your judgment they cannot get finance. They must pay off your judgment in order to get a, a mortgage to buy a house. If they already have a house, that's even better because you can place a lien on their house. And when they refinance or when they sell that house, they have to pay off your judgment. Beautiful. Well, Julie, thank you so much for uh, coming on today and uh, helping us uh, focus and get attention on these income producing opportunities for us that we have as real estate investors and how uh, we can work with you on it. Uh, I want to offer everybody the opportunity to say, if you're interested in connecting with Julie, Julie's really consistent uh, as a part of this community. She's a mainstay and foundational a person from the very beginning of the start of this community too. So I highly recommend that you get in touch with her if you can find her around uh, and there. Uh, I think that's a great opportunity. If if uh, you would like me to help you facilitate uh, introductions or otherwise help consult you on what opportunities would be there, email me uh, at scott at royallegalsolutions.com uh, and I'll be able to go ahead and help quarterback for you um, what uh, what needs to happen there. So Julie, thank you so much for, for coming on the show. Everybody go ahead and reach out now start getting that information um, so you can see how these can really materially impact your returns that you're getting on your properties but just not leaving money on the table that would be easy enough very cheap very easy to be able to get and somebody else is going to do 90 percent of the work for you um, onto it and you get to hold everybody accountable to their promises they promise to pay you know we promise to keep the property in good condition so it's important for us all to be fair uh, with what we're having there so julie thank you so much really appreciate it Thank you, Scott.